Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Mock Draft Monday, coming to you live for the first time in high definition. I am your host, Tyler, and with us today are the regulars, Ryan and Dave. And with us, we have a special guest, new to the Climbing the Pocket family, Deshaun. Boys, we just signed a defensive tackle to hopefully get rid of Shamar Stefan. Let's get some instant reaction here going quick. Deshaun. Uh, you know a lot about Tomlinson and kind of what his game projects. What is he going to bring to Minnesota Vikings? Uh, I think the fans won't have to worry about six rushing touchdowns anymore. <laughs> and I think that's that's the biggest thing that Tomlinson is going to bring to the squad. He has did earlier a little bit of juice to be that three-down player. And I think he'll play a little bit of uh, nose tackle on three, on three downs. I still think we need that uh, gap shooter. If if Armand Watts can't be that guy, but it's a all around good silent good signing after missing out on Lawson and Hendricks and a bunch. Well, I'll say this: I was definitely happy we didn't sign Henderson at fifteen million dollars a year. That that deal hurt my soul. <laughs> Ryan, how are you feeling right now? Feeling good. You know, we also signed Rashad Hill to a one year deal, which is nice to again at least have that option at the left tackle or right tackle. You know, he can be our swing. And who knows, maybe he'll compete to start depending on what we, what else we do in, with the rest of free agency and, and the draft. Uh, but Tomlinson, big signing. Uh, I, I've always kind of been a fan of his. I didn't think that we were going to sign him to be our three-tech. I thought he's more of a traditional, you know, one-tech or knows. But um, I think, like Deshaun said, he's got some juice. Uh, apparently, PFF says he's about as good of a pass rusher as he has as a run defender. So um, I'm hoping to have an opportunity to see that and. And hopefully we uh, sure up that that big missing gap in our in the middle of our line there. Absolutely. And Courtney Cronin just came out and said that the Vikings are planning to use him more as a three technique, which kind of signals the direction that they're yeah, utilizing the signing. Dave, I love seeing a smile on your face on a Monday night. <laughs> tell tell me how happy are you to see a couple big uglies back with the Minnesota Vikings oh, and I, joining as well. I am. I was I suspected. The whole premise of tonight's show was we we're going to base it on some talk of how they were going to go through free agent and who they were targeting. And as the day passed, we watched one guy go, another guy go, another guy go, another guy. And everybody's like, whoa, we did sign, re-sign Hill. And from what I gather, it's vet minimum and could be go up to, I think, 2.5, which is good because he can, he's at least your number one swing tackle. Minimum. He may even compete to start left tackle. I don't know about that. I'd like to pr- improve the line some more. I'd like to see what Ezra can do over there, etc. Uh, we still got holes to fill on the offensive line. But my question is, why is Shamar Stefan still on this team? Because I think as of just a little while ago, we will see tomorrow that Shamar Stefan is released. And our defensive line, especially in the middle, just got a whole lot better. Absolutely. I completely agree with you, Dave. And like Deshaun said, we're probably not going to see any six touchdown games from anybody here this upcoming season. Uh, I know uh, fans are disappointed we missed out on Carl Lawson. We missed out on Trey Hendrickson. But at the same time, it's it's not time to hit the panic button, you know, it's frustrating, especially with Lawson, because my guess is the Vikings were very competitive with what that offer was. Uh, but Hendrickson, I think, was just – he would have been way too much of an overpaying a risk at $15 million a year. That For me, that deal was too rich. Whereas um, Lawson deserved that. I think, I think Lawson was a little bit underpaid. Like, if you're talking about um, Shaq Barrett getting uh, – like eighteen million dollars a year, I think Shaq or sorry, Carl Lawson was should have gotten just he, sh- he should have been closer to that based on his performance over the first four years of his career. But enough of that. We're going to have a lot more free agency talk on this on the Climbing the Pocket Network YouTube channel here over the next few days. Uh, but tonight we're here for a mock draft, and one of the nice parts about the mock draft is with this ever evolving landscape of free agency is going to change how we kind of approach this. And I think we can uh, 
we can safely say that we're probably not going to go with the defensive tackle in round one now. But we got four rounds. We got a bunch of picks, a lot of capital to kind of maneuver around with. Last week, we traded down. This week, who knows? Let's kind of see what's on the board and kind of let it flow. And let's have, have some good discussion dialogue. We've got uh, Deshaun, who um, has a lot of different viewpoints than me, which I really appreciate because we can have some good dialogue and really find a good way to fix the Minnesota Vikings. Dave, start it up. Let's have some fun. The button's pushed. Trevor Lawrence, first right. one off the board. Surprising. All right, let's kind of see who's available. There goes Patrick Sertain. Pitts is gone. And we get a trade offer. We get a couple of them. All right, so we get a one, two, and a three to go all the way back to uh, 32. 32. That's not a... That's not bad. What else do we have available to us, Dave? A one, three, and a four from the Steelers. Where we're only dropping. And is this just for 10. our fourteen, or is there anything else? Uh, it's just showing no, for the fourteen. All right. So, based on kind of what I saw, I believe Jalen Waddle's still on the board. I don't know if the Vikings go that direction. Kind of Zimmer is. That, quote-unquote on record saying that he's good with where the offense is right now, so this feels like a defense-heavy type of situation, which really stinks because this is not a great defensive draft. Uh, your best defensive prospect's probably going to come off the board at, at around like 10 or 11, which compared to past years is just – it feels insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're talking about kind of what the Vikings are looking at, one with the cap situation and how much they're going to have to commit to this draft class, which right now is around $11 million – the fact that we still have so many more holes to fill and we're going to probably have to fill bar spot at, at some point too. I think taking one, two and three will get us a, one, a lot more talent, which we need on this team Two, It'll increase the depth. And I don't think pick 14 is going to net us some superstar. Like we may be thinking where it's not going to be worth select or making this trade. What do you guys think? office i am looking at barrett tucker but i think the better value is that bucks offer get a couple more players to come in and compete and i think that that second rounder just kind of trumps it i think we should go that bucks offer and move back to 32 brian you in i agree yeah, I agree. Getting two more picks in the top hundred here is uh, is huge, and uh, with, with a with a draft class that's relatively deep from just like a potential, you know, day one contributors, not necessarily starters, not necessarily like elite players, but contributors to fill a lot of these holes. I think it's smart, even if you can get a waddle. The only time I'm not probably trying to trade back is if Trey Lance is sitting there, which he won't be. So um, I, I like this trade back. All right, hey, breaking news here. The Vikings just signed another player agreeing to a deal with linebacker Nick Vigil. Uh, One-year deal with worth at least $1 million guaranteed. Uh, no no other details right now. But honestly, for like a linebacker three, that, sure, I like it. Okay. Yeah, sure. Oh, what does that say about Troy Dye? I don't know, man. I don't know. Dye obviously had his struggles last year, but... We'll see. Sure. Dave, let's smash accept on that trade and let's kind of see what the board looks like at 32. And there goes accept. Boom. Devontae Smith. That would have been a sweet Devontae Smith at 14, but I don't suspect the Vikings <laughs> would take him, even if he was there. Yeah. Yeah. Waddle and Smith were both on the board at 14, which is really, really interesting. All right. right. Looks looks like the offers are just to kind of go back even farther before we even make our first pick. Right. That neither one of those so far is very appealing considering we haven't even taken a player yet. Yeah. If we, if we had a first round pick already, that might be worth it, but yeah. Okay. I like that. Who's on the board? Perfect. So, Gregory Rousseau, Zayvon Collins, 
Uh, Jalen Mayfield, Kadarius Tony, Javante Williams, Liam, Liam Eikenberg. So kind of the best two, three fits that kind of jump off the board right now are Rousseau, Collins, and Mayfield. With the restructure of Barr's contract where he's going to be uh, a free agent after this year, this taking Collins could be a really interesting selection because, one, you can utilize him off the edge. Uh, two, he is, is comp as Anthony Barr. He plays a very similar style of football, yet he can kind of fill that role that Mike Zimmer likes Barr to play, and you can utilize him in creative blitz packages. He can cover running backs as well. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, we obviously know about him, incredibly raw edge player. And then Jalen Mayfield, I have not got my hands on Michigan offense all 22 yet. But Jalen Mayfield, everything I've heard, he's an incredible athlete. He does have inside-outside flexibility, probably projects best at right guard. Uh, and he could be kind of that hyper-athlete that the Vikings really do profile and prefer on the offensive line. So yeah, immediately, those are those are the three guys I would think that the Vikings would really think about. I love Kadarius Toney. But I don't want to give Jason a heart attack on Monday. It's already been stressful enough dealing with free agency. So we'll kind of just pass over him. Raidens is an interesting one as well. Uh, he yeah. kind of also fits that profile, uh, that Ezra Cleveland-esque pro- type that the Vikings prefer. Um, if you kind of aren't sure what we're talking about, Arif Hassan just re-released articles that he updates every, every couple of years on kind of what the Vikings prioritize with their uh, – players across the board based on measurables, uh, athletic testing, and all that stuff. It's a fantastic read. We recorded a podcast with them a couple months ago on it, uh, and they really do stick to those profiles. So when we talk about this kind of stuff, it really does make an impact. Deshaun, when you look at the board right now, what jumps out to you the most and, and kind of where is your mind at? Uh, I have been on Twitter, and people know that I love Gregory Rizzo. I – think that the sky is the absolute limit for him like he I think he has the chance to become maybe one of the best edges in the game with the right coaches but the offensive line is in shambles and I think you need that guy with the inside outside flexibility now I personally have not done much on Mayfield but I'd like Dylan Raddins and that's where I would go I watched a lot of his tape the Vikings were I think there to watch him and maybe a little bit of Trey Lance too, but I think that's where they would go. And when you get to camp, you now have two guys that can play inside and outside. You just, you create that competition. It just allows you to pick the best guy and put them in positions to succeed. I, I like the Raidens element. And it's also uh, fair to talk about the fact that Raidens was the practice MVP at the senior bowl. And when you talk senior bowl, the game is is fine, and you're kind of seeing how, how players adapt and learn throughout the week. But if you win practice MVP and you're considered the best player amongst your peers in practice, that's a big freaking deal. And practice really shows a lot, especially like a guy like Quinn Miners, the Wisconsin Whitewater kid, D3, didn't even get to play this year, went in, and I thought he was the best player in senior bowl practice as compared to expectation because he was able to hold his own against guys who were, were way outclassed him athletically and in competition level in the college game. Ryan, taking a look at the board, kind of got Deshaun's view. We, we know he's a big Rousseau fan. He's he's probably thinking Raiden's right here. What do you see and what do you like? Yeah, I, I like Mayfield. Again, I haven't gotten my hands on the All-22 for him yet, but I have watched uh, back on some of their games, so TV view. Um, and yeah, he just fits that athletic profile that we, we look for. Um, and he's, he's strong, he's strong at the point of attack. Um, so I, I like his game. I actually have him, uh, kind of teetering between my offensive tackle five right now. So he's kind of falling into that top five for me, which, uh, Raiden's actually, I have right behind him. So either way, it's a horse apiece. You know, if we don't go after, cornerback in the draft or I'm sorry in free agency so if we don't land a Shaquille Griffin which is you know the hot hot topic today or William Jackson the third um, Eric Stokes is interesting he 
tested off the charts actually at his pro day. Um, I think he ran like a four two plus forty, like four two seven, four two eight. So he's got some wheels. Kind of probably reminds Zimmer a little bit of the Trey Waynes. Now I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but you know from from the from the uh, but from the size, the you know, he's a little bigger I think than Waynes was. Uh, but you know speed. And on game tape, you know, he did flash. He had some big interceptions. Um, you know, he's done pretty good job overall on, on some of the things that I've seen on him. Again, I'm not sure if cornerback's really the highest priority need here. Um, I think I'm with Deshaun. That offensive line probably would be the pick here. But just to provide some uh, extra perspective here, I think Stokes would be an intriguing option that Zimmer probably will be pounding the table for. Yeah, and I – You what? Yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry, can you hear me? All right. Yeah. So I think uh, one of the interesting things with kind of the Stokes and Wayne's comparison is Wayne's did not have fluid hips coming out. And the fact that he wasn't able to be that kind of fluid athlete, I thought was very interesting considering what Zimmer prioritizes his cornerbacks to be able to do. But that straight line speed was really intriguing. And you saw elements of it, like his, his, uh, at his second year, uh, he got that uh, pick on uh, on Aaron Rodgers to win the game against the Packers. Like those kind of things, you you saw over time, but they, they just were never consistent. And I think Eric Stokes is an interesting option. I was really hoping Greg Newsom would be here so we could talk a little bit about him. I really like what he's able to do, and he's on my list for later this week because I have watched so much trench film. I just need a break. Uh, <laughs> you can never uh, watch enough. Never you know, enough. It, no, I just I just needed something different because I've been watching edge players and tackles for like it feels like two weeks. Um, I like what Rousseau's upside is. It really scares me how he won consistently at the college level because most of his wins were I'm just going to beat you to the spot, and there wasn't a whole lot of technique work. That he did have some power, and obviously he's continuing to grow into his frame because he went into the University of Miami like two thirty. And now he's approaching like 255, 260, which is a really big deal for a guy who plays like him. I worry about taking him in the first round. I had a, a mid to low second on him just because of the lack of technique work. But it, you can't argue against the athleticism. You can't argue against like how he plays with leverage at times. And it's the sky is the limit, as Deshaun said, especially when you pair him with an elite defensive line coach like uh, Andre Patterson. I think if you're going to go anywhere here, I think you should go Zayvon Collins, Dylan Radons, Jalen Mayfield. I could be talking to all of those guys. Um, I think Zayvon Collins makes a lot of sense if you're moving on from Anthony Barr, but it's also not just a pick for need down the line. You can utilize him and Anthony Barr, and especially how with this Dalvin Tomlinson signing, you're going to have to use a lot more creativity to get pass rush. And Zayvon Collins, Anthony Barr, throw those guys directly in the a gap get a little creative get a little funky you know maybe you you put bar on the edge try and get him some snaps actually rushing around and maybe he can get that bigger contract after the season from another team we can get that third round compensatory pick instead of a four you know there are all these little nuanced details um i think i'll uh, defer to ryan here um i would take zaven collins i think the value the future need and the way he can be utilized this year is just too much to pass up with how good this tackle class is. Ryan split the difference. Who, who would you pick? You know, we have a guest, you know, typically it's you, me and Dave on this show. And we have a guest and we, we need to treat our guests with some respect. So I'm not going Rousseau because I don't, I, I again, I, I don't think you put a first round pick on somebody uh, that, that there's question marks around that technique. So let's go with Raidens, just given the fact that he preferred him over Mayfield and the fact that, you know, it justifies our, our us going up to the North Dakota State Pro Day. And hey, there's and a bonus I, with Raidens, just like there would be for Trey Lance. They're relatively local. Fargo obviously isn't Minnesota, but mm-hmm. it's close enough that it's considered a local kid. It's it's a four hour drive from uh, TCO Performance Center, so it's it's really not bad. I've been to multiple games at the Fargo Dome, lived up there for seven years. Guys, if you ha- ever have a chance, go. 
It is an incredible atmosphere. It is fun. It's 20,000 fans. It's, it, and it sounds like you're in the Metrodome. Like, it's that loud. All right, now that I've gotten, uh, gotten that Fargo bit out of my system, we have a pick 64 here. We can get a fifth to go back to 80. I, I saw a couple guys on the board that I really like. I would say no. I Even so, you'd have to offer me another third to go drop that far. And kind of the guys we're looking at, one guy I really love that's still on the board is Richie Grant. Richie Grant is a true center fielder, kind of where Harrison Smith has always been, and especially how he's going to continue to project moving forward. He's going to start losing that athletic ability, that speed. He's going to have to win more and more and more with his football IQ and vision. And that's always been his calling card anyways. He's been a very capable athlete, but he's never been exceptional in those areas. And I think Richie Grant is a true center fielder, is going to give Harrison Smith the ability to roam a lot more in the box, use his intelligence, be that riverboat gambler that he's always been, and maximize those elements of his game. Uh, Jay Tufele would be an interesting selection here. I don't think the Vikings are going to think about going this route because they just signed Dalvin Tomlinson. Javon Holland is more of like a slot safety hybrid. Uh, I don't think that this would be a priority for the Vikings considering how Harrison Smith is projecting moving forward. Tommy Tungiai is kind of the same thing. Um, with As far as interior defensive linemen, I don't see it. Dylan Moses, he's, he's a true middle. I, unless you're moving on from Eric Hendricks, I don't see that as being a fit either. And I absolutely do not like Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, so if I had a preference here, it would be Richie Grant. And I think I would just run to the table and hand in the card. Um, Ryan, we started with Sean last time, so we'll go to you here. What do you see? What do yeah, you like? The, what are you thinking? Yeah, uh, and Dave, do you mind going down a little uh, just nope. while I talk about Richie Grant? Yeah, so I feel the same way about uh, about him as you do, Tyler. I really like the fact that he is a true uh, center fielder type. Uh, he can roam, uh, play the single high safety. So even like Harris, um, Anthony Harris, he was probably better suited for more of that split safety looks. Uh, he wasn't doing a ton of single high, I feel like, for us, where Richie can actually provide that and really give um, Harrison Smith that true flexibility to really, you know, pay that play that Troy Palomalu role of, like, just joker, you know, use your instincts and kind of do what you need to do. Um, in terms of other guys, uh, you know, I think we had a, a Basham here for as a pass rusher. Um, obviously, we haven't at least at this point in time um, addressed the. Uh, oh, and was was there guys above Richie Grant there? Oh, so there was a couple uh, other guys. So Moses. There's, Davis. Oh, yeah. damn. So Davis. we have Jabril okay. Cox um, again, another guy that probably could fit that Anthony Barr replacement mold. Um, he's pretty good in coverage. Uh, he's got the size. Um, not as strong of a run defender, obviously, as Barr, but again, he's a rookie. Or he, he would be a rookie, so we are, we're not expecting that. Nixon, one of my top interior defensive linemen, but again, with the Tomlinson signing, I don't think it's going to be priority. Uh, Davis is going to be more of that will linebacker, um, and if we do move on from Barr, it's going to be more of like a Kendricks-Wilson type um, duo versus a Kendricks-Barr type, so I don't really see him being the priority here. I can see Cox being an interesting play there. Um, a little bit further down, Dave, I just want to see a couple of these other guys. Amari Rogers, he's interesting. Um, again, probably uh, a player that they may target. Um, Hudson, we've already grabbed an offensive tackle. I doubt they'll go two. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, I probably honestly sitting here, Richie Grant really makes sense. Diami Brown, uh, he's another guy that I really like. I think he's uh, he's floating into my top receivers list here. Um, I just really think that he's undervalued on this site. Not to say that all of these guys are valuing him that low. It's just the consensus. Um, I think that he's probably going to be a second round pick. Um, I think he brings a dynamic um, vertical threat to the game, uh, but he also, but that's not all he is. So um, he's another guy that I find interesting, but I don't know if I take him with that second, uh, that second round pick. I probably would, but given what we have available here, Richie Grant's also a very intriguing option. Well, we heard from Ryan Deshaun. What are your thoughts? So I'm going to uh, go back a little bit to my studies and some specific guys that I really like in this kind of area. It would be between Carlos Basham, 
who lit up the senior bowl. This guy looked virtually unstoppable. He was winning most of his reps within two seconds. I keep up with Carlos Basham. He, whether it was inside, outside, he, he looked fantastic. And uh, like Ryan said, Diami Brown, I, I've really liked Diami Brown. I'm not a big wide receiver three guy, but I've really, like, I think Diami Brown is one of my uh, best value wide receivers probably in this entire draft. And then Dio, too. I, I think he is kind of under the radar. He has the, the great athletics. He's more athletic than Carlos Basham. The technique might not be as good, but he also has that that speed, that bend off the edge. But if I had to make a pick, it would probably be Carlos Basham. I do like the safety depth in this draft. There's uh, Andre Sisco. I don't believe he's coming off came off the board yet. There's... Uh, uh, Hamza, I don't believe he came off the board yet. I think there are still some safety prospects that will be available at our next pick. So at this pick, I would go Carlos Basham Jr. Boogie Basham. I'll say this about Boogie Basham. He was number four on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. The guy is an incredible athlete. I wonder how the Vikings would view him because he's he's a real tweener. He weighs 285 pounds. He kind of plays inside and outside. I really like his game and he, he is on my short list of guys that I still need to get to on in the edge group. And I think one thing this I think is really going to hurt him is his 2020 seemed to dip a little bit from 2019, just kind of from what I've seen uh, the little bits and pieces, but you're right, Deshaun, he did dominate the senior bowl. He was absolutely fantastic being able to kind of dominate both guards and tackles. Um, I think uh, one thing with Dale uh, that I think a lot of people, um, aren't necessarily thinking about he tore his Achilles in February. And the fact that he tore his Achilles, it it really worries me if I want to take him at this point, maybe if he ends up falling to that round four range, which I think he probably will because it's, it's an Achilles, you know, that's, that can be a really debilitating, even like two year injury recovery to really get back to where you were. Um, I think Boogie Basham would be a really fun pick here. I also like the safety depth in this class, but I think we should still go Richie Grant because of that center field aspect. Cisco is, he had a lot of production with interceptions, but from what I've been able to gather from a little bit I've seen, he's more of a ball magnet than a ball hawk. And I'm worried that how well that's going to translate to the next level. Um, Plus he did tear his ACL in October and that injury concern also has to be taken into consideration right here when you're talking about projecting the safety depth. Hamsa, I love Hamsa's game. He's he's a real hybrid kind of guy, but how is he going to pair with Harrison Smith considering we're probably going to keep him long-term? Is he going to be able to play that kind of center field, which is what you want from that opposite safety from Harrison? I don't know if he's going to be that guy. Uh, I love our Darius Washington, but he's also 5'8", 180. And it's hard to be Bob Sanders in today's game, but he has everything else that you want. Um, I'm thinking, I don't know. This this is a tough one because I think you could go uh, either Grant or Basham. Dave, what do you think? I just mashed the button for Grant. Perfect. Well, let's hope <laughs> Basham is still available. <laughs> a seven to go up eight <laughs> spots, and I bet I bet – we can probably still get Boogie Basham. I say we take it. Yeah, but it's a seventh rounder. It's 240. It's not even a good seventh rounder. It's a bad seventh rounder. Smash it, Dave. Let's do it. You and Rick Spielman. Yeah, well, Rick, Rick Spielman can eat my shorts. We are Rick Spielman today. All right, is Boogie Basham still on the board? Nixon David. No, he's not. Oh, shoot. Oh, man. You and Rick Spielman missing out on another one. Man, that Rick Spielman, (laughs) he's just a bad GM, isn't he, Dave? He's just bad. All right, well, let's let's, let's kind of take a look. (laughs) What that does give us the opportunity to, though, is uh, maybe take a guy that we have already talked about, Diami Brown, fill that wide receiver three hole, really kind of kick Thielen into that while Thielen and Jefferson can interchange out in that slot um, and really have, again, have that uh, wide receiver three option 
that pro- provides kind of a dynamic um, playmaking ability that we do have in Jefferson. But um, with Thielen aging, I don't know if we're going to get that deep ball productivity that uh, Diami Brown can provide. Mm-hmm. See, Diami Brown is a really interesting prospect because I'm seeing people talk about him like uh, Chris Sims talked about he should be like a top 20 player in this class. For me, that's really rich. I think he projects out really well. I have a mid-third on him. I I just don't think he's nuanced enough at this point to warrant a super high selection. But we are at pick 70. I think this would be kind of a good spot for him. A couple guys I would want to shout out. Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. Jabril Cox out of LSU, the former NDSU kid. Both of these guys could be interesting linebacker depth guys and potential quasi-replacements for Anthony Bard down the line. I think even Nick with the signing of Nick Vigil, which just happened here like 10 minutes ago, as, as we mentioned here, I think getting one of these guys and starting to develop them, you obviously need linebacker depth as far as special teams. I think it could be a really smart play for the future of this team. And we kind of talked about, as Deshaun mentioned, with the safety class being as deep as it is, this wide receiver class is, is borderline historic. Last year was incredible. This year, I think, is even better and deeper. And I think as you move on, I think there's somebody who might find a Stephon Diggs-type player in on day three because there's just too many players in this class to be able to, to draft them high enough where they deserve to be picked. So I think that deserves some uh, consideration as well. Uh, you also have Chaz Surratt. I'm not, the, I'm not super high on Chaz Surratt, and I don't know how he necessarily would fit in this defense, but he's a really good player as well. Tommy Tremble's fun. Uh, probably going to need another tight end, but do we want to take one here? Probably not, but something to at least consider. Uh, we heard from Ryan. We heard from myself, Deshaun. You're looking at the board. We're hoping to still get Boogie Basham. He is he is not here right now. Um, we talked about Diami Brown. We talked about maybe getting a linebacker as a quasi-replacement for Anthony Barr. What are your initial thoughts right now on kind of what you're seeing? I would still like to go edge, but I'm not a huge fan of the edge guys left. I do like Peyton Turner a tad bit, but I'm not yes. sure I'm going to take him here. So I I think I'm the Diami Brown. I think I like Diami Brown than I, a lot more than I the guys left me, Frank Darby. Uh, I think I think Tyler, Tyler Wallace might still be left, I think, but I think I like Diami Brown a lot more than I like those guys. So this would be my pick. Done. Ryan? Dave made the pick. All right. We're taking Diami Brown. We still got All right. Days. Let's just hope. I hope Peyton Turner makes it to 90 because Peyton Turner is my guy. I love the way he plays. He's incredibly versatile. You can put him on the interior uh, for pass rushdowns. He was dominating through double teams at Houston. All right. So we get 98, 105, and 216 for 90 and what? 95. Mm. No. Why would we trade 90 and 95 for 52 <laughs> lower picks? Look, I love the draft that we're trying to later, but fast. Nothing, nothing's ever perfect. All right. Before we make a pick, I just want to – spotlight someone that I actually just started watching last night. Uh, linebacker Cameron McGrone from Michigan. This guy is explosive. So it's rumored out there that he runs just as fast as Devin Bush who ran a 4-4-3 at the draft. Okay. And he's a little bit of a he's a little bit of a smaller guy. I think he's only like 6'1", maybe like 220. But when he is clean, when he comes off clean, he is incredibly explosive. I'm talking he he sifts through the trash and he makes tons of plays. And he's also a great blitzer. I want to say 2019, like 29, 30 pressures, six sacks as a linebacker. As a you know, he plays Mike linebacker, but I think his skill set is better, you know, better fit at where what Anthony Barr does. And he's great value. And, I think, and just that that needed linebacker in the future, I think this could be like a fantastic pick. And you say this late in draft. Now I'm not sure if he's here. He's 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 like he's like Eric Kendrick size. I think him and Eric Kendrick are almost like the same exact size. 
and they actually he's not as great as he's not as great as coverage in Kendricks, like probably not even close. And if a if a guard can get his hands on him, the rep is probably over. But if he gets clean, like he he cleans up everything. Like dude is explosive. He's a good tackler. And with the signing of someone like Thompson Thomason, you have two big bodies who's eaten four players almost every play. Mm-hmm. And now you have this these two extra explosive guys on the outside there to clean everything up. I think that could be one of the most underrated draft picks in this draft. No, I I have not gotten to McGrone yet. Linebackers are still kind of a weak spot for me just because uh, how I've been able to time everything out. But McGrone is a freak athlete. Everything I've seen it kind of matches what you're saying, Deshaun. I also think that we're, we're going to be able to get McGrone in the middle round four just because kind of how the board sits and kind of where what we're looking at. I think it just kind of looking at everything, Dave, would you just scroll up to the top and kind of see – See what we're at. We are at the top. Perfect. Peyton Turner. Length for days. Power. Athleticism. He's got some good bend for his size. The way he played at the Senior Bowl, he was fantastic. He was probably the second best edge guy there outside of uh, Cameron Sample, the Tulane kid, who I know, Ryan, you and I have talked about quite a bit uh, doing this show. Peyton Turner provides the kind of Upside that you're looking for in a third-round kind of player uh, with what the Vikings prioritize with this edge class. But also what he also, what he provides is he provides incredible length, which is a valuable that for like the the grab and pull and just how, how you can swat away uh, offensive tackle arms. That's one of the reasons why teams will prioritize length with offensive tackles which is why you're hearing a lot of talk of guys like Rashawn Slater moving inside the guard because you want those tackles to be able to handle those guys with extreme length on the defensive side of the football. Peyton Turner is a guy who played three technique last year at 290, came into college at 220, and right now he's sitting at 270, and you can tell it's a good 270, and he, he is a fluid athlete. And I think pairing him with Andre Patterson, kind of what the Vikings defensive line currently looks like, hoping that Daniel Hunter also stays, I think he could be a fantastic rotational player year one and develop into a guy that you can count on to be a consistent contributor and future starter on this team. Turner it is. Perfect. So we've got pick 95 up here right now. So we can go down four spots and get 225. Or... We can go down a bunch and get 195. I don't think moving down five spots is necessarily worth it either way. Um, you could argue 225 is worth it, but for the sake of this exercise, I would argue that we stay just because we're not going past the fourth round. Right. All right, taking a look. Um, Osa Odingzua is the one that stands out. Hunter Long is another one. And there's your guy, McGrone, Deshaun. McGrone is just sitting there ready for the taking. If we don't take him now, we're not, we are going to lose him. Uh, I Obviously, Michael Carter and Kenneth Gainwell are two very good players. I don't think the Vikings, one, will prioritize them with having Alexander Madison still on his rookie deal and the fact that they'll be able to kind of grab a guy in like round five, round six, and be able to fill that running back three role. Osa Odingzua is another guy, incredible length, really good football player kind of yeah he's a it's true kind of three technique like he can go out and play a little edge if you need him to kind of like what john randall did back in the day uh hunter long is another one just because he's a he's a tight end he's basically kyle rudolph in his rookie year he's a true inline guy that great length uh able to win and dominate at the catch point uh he's pretty good in the open field those little nuances are good. And Jordan Smith, the edge out of UAB. One of the interesting things about Jordan Smith, if you remember the Florida Gator credit card fraud scandal from 2017, that's why he's at UAB and not at Florida. So he's got that kind of character red flag, so to speak, um, because because he did, he, he did kind of get kicked out of school. But he's a fantastic edge player. I know um, one of my guys, uh, a good friend of mine, Connor Rogers, really – has hyped up Jordan Smith recently. 
as being a really good player and a value pick here in round three. Um, Deshaun, we're taking a look at the board. You've already pounded the, your hand on the table for McGrown. What else are you seeing right now? And then I'm going to pound my table for one more guy, One another one of my guys, Jalen Twyman, I think yes. provides the best value in this draft at D-Tackle. I When I watch this tape, I just, like, he brings, he brings, like, a sufficient amount of technique. Of course, you can improve on it, but he brings technique, power, speed. The length isn't there, the leverage isn't there, but I think that Jalen Twyman is going to be a really, really good player. And if the Vikings are looking to really build that six and seven man rotation pass rushing, I, I think you take him because I don't think you're going to get a chance at another pass rusher like this on the interior this late in the draft. Like, I, I think Jalen Twyman, like, I think at one point I had Jalen Twyman as, as the interior one, but he, he opted out of the season and, you know, you fall down, recency bias among all, but. You see his uh, latest workout video. He put up like what, like thirty five reps or something crazy of two twenty five. So I, I like time in there. I like McGrown. I'm a trench guy. So listen, even though we just got time, I'm going Twyman. Take him. I love Twyman. I absolutely Same. love Jalen Twyman. That he keeps getting comp to Aaron Donald, and I don't think it's very fair. But one of the reasons I do think it it is fair. The body size is almost identical. Like he is, they work Aaron out together, Donald's and I style. think, and I think yeah. that's why he, he gets that uh, comp a lot. Well, it also doesn't help that he wore ninety seven at Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, that's a that's a big one. All right, so we're we're up at one nineteen. I see two of my guys right up at the top: Kylan Hill and Deontay Smith. Which one are we taking? I'll let you guys pick. Now, but in all seriousness, we, we've got some good players. Marvin Wilson probably isn't going to be the pick here just because we did take Jalen Twyman and we had Dalvin Tomlinson. Just feels kind of like an abundance of riches thing. Trey Sermon, Kylan Hill, those are kind of interesting if you want to take a running back this high, especially if maybe the Vikings choose to move on from Dalvin Cook, which let's be honest, they were not going to do. Um, uh, I can't, the USC kid, Hafanga. Um, I haven't watched him, but I've seen a lot of people that I respect rave about what he can do on the football field. Hainsey, I think, is a big no just because of what his skill set is and how it's going to translate to what the Vikings are going to ask him to do. Uh, obviously, I don't think we need to be married to the scheme, but at the same time, if you have a guy who's comparable as far as value and does fit the scheme, I think you need to prioritize that. And we have Deontay Smith on the board, and I think everybody who's ever watched this show knows how much I love Deontay Smith. Uh, that's there. Tariq Thompson, I've heard some good things about his play at San Diego State. That uh, could be a really interesting add, considering we already have Richie Grant. Uh, let's be honest, you can't really have en- enough kind of good guys in the secondary. We didn't really see a lot from Josh Mattel's or Harrison Hand just tell us, hey, these guys definitely need to be on our roster this year. So he could be an option. Ryan, we're taking a look at the board. What do you like? What do you see? Uh, what direction do you think we should be going right now? Can we go down just a little bit as well, Dave? I, I Obviously, I like Deontay Smith. We've talked about it a lot on, on this uh, on this show. Um, David Moore is an, another interesting guy. Again, probably not an exact scheme fit, but I think athletic enough to – get out in, in space and, and make those blocks. Um, obviously, we talked Cameron Sample earlier. You know I'm going to advocate and, and pound the table for Trey Brown. Um, he put on a, a pretty good show at the OU Pro Day on Friday, um, running, you know, I th- think it was like a 4-4, uh, great vertical, great broad. So um, I, I think, you know, obviously corner is a need still yet here, uh, and then he provides that punt return ability that uh, we desperately need. Um, and again, I, he can play inside out. He, he hasn't done a ton of nickel work in his, in his time at OU. He would follow some receivers into the slot and, and, uh, shadow them that way. But for the most part, he was a left, uh, left cornerback and, uh, he lined up in, I mean, didn't necessarily shut down, but he lined up against, you know, 
the Tylen Wallace's, Colin Johnson's um, of the world and, and, and held his own and made play after play after play. So he's one of my guys. Um, and I, I, again, cornerback still not being covered yet in this draft or in hey, Ryan, thus Ryan, far. Where did, where did he go to school? We already know. I already mentioned, you know, we're good, but you know, uh, you know, but again, it, it is a need. I think that we should be addressing somewhere in this area. Um, I think uh, Elijah Griffin was also available. Um, I haven't seen too much on his tape yet. Um, I, from what I've read and and from what I've seen from other people in the, in the community, um, he's a little light, but he's very competitive, oh, wow. ultra competitive. So um, I, I like that. I like his size a little better than Trey Brown's. But again, I've actually seen a lot of Trey Brown where I haven't seen a lot of Griffin. Um, so that's where I, I have him, you know Brown over him in, in my projections at this point. Um, I think one. And, and no, I think, hold on, Ryan. One thing to note about Griffin, if you'll scroll up here quick, Dave. Uh, one thing that'll be really interesting, especially being that this is round four, he's a five-star recruit. And we know GMs love to take shots in the dark with five-star recruits right. because they were valued so highly at one point. And, you, and when you're valued that, that highly, there's a likely chance that you can at least try and develop something there where you're taking athletic upside over production. And I think that's something to keep in mind when we're talking these late picks. Because I still remember Byron Coward went in the fifth round out of Maryland a few years ago. And he was the number two overall recruit in, I believe, the 2014 or 2015 class. He went to Auburn, did not go well, so he transferred out to Maryland. And he's still floating around in the league with the New England Patriots. Five-star guys. It means something to NFL GMs. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, I mean, if I'm here, I I guess for me personally, if I'm taking a look at what's available on the board – do you think, you know, we already grabbed our hopefully left tackle or right tackle of the future, depending on how you see Ray Duns and then what you're going to do with Brian O'Neill. Um, so do you think Deontay Smith is like an insurance policy to develop behind uh, Brian O'Neill if we don't get a deal done or um, as another option for competition with Ray Duns? Can he flex inside to guard? I think he can. I, he's got – uh, I think he's got enough strength and um, to, to live inside if he needed to. Um, he would have to beef up probably a little bit, in my opinion. But um, or or again, you put Raiden's inside. Again, there's a lot of options. So he's a puzzle piece, like Deshaun was saying earlier, a puzzle piece to find your five best possible guys. And uh, I, I think he could provide that. But again, given what I know is still left in this draft, I, I want to you know lock up a, a good cornerback personally. So I'd be taking Trey Brown personally. What are your thoughts, Deshaun? I think I would lean cornerback this round too between Trey Brown and Rodarius Williams. Um, there's a tackle in this draft. I, I believe it's still on the board that I would probably go after with 125, and that's Brady Christensen. Uh, PFF, I believe, highest graded highest graded pass blocker from last season. He's a left tackle that I do not think will be able to play left tackle in the NFL because of some athletic issues. But I think he can move inside to guard, and I also think he can play right, right tackle in the NFL. And I think you take this guy in pass blocking and pass blocked for for uh, Zach Wilson with pick one one twenty five. But with one nineteen, I would lean corner. Back. All right, so let's let's take a look. We obviously have Trey Brown, Rodarius Williams, uh, Elijah Griffin. I just don't think we know enough about Elijah Griffin, just kind of as a collective, to warrant taking him. I I watched Trey Brown at the Senior Bowl, and he was in the hip pocket consistently. And those drills are not designed for DBs to look good; they're designed for DBs to look like crap and the receivers to shine. And he was there almost every rep contending with the ball. Okay, Ryan's happy then. Yep, we we took his token Oklahoma player and then then he can stop talking about Oklahoma forever. That's how that works. Perfect. Awesome. Decline. Decline that. Per- Excellent. Let's take a look at the board. Obviously, we kind of talked about a couple guys that that we really like as far as offensive linemen. Let's Let's look. See Deontay Smith is still on the board. Walker Little is an interesting one. 
five-star recruit. Obviously, he's got the size. He's like 6'6", 320. And he flashed really, really well uh, in his freshman year. But he got hurt. And then COVID, and he opted out. So we really haven't seen good, consistent play from Walker Little since his freshman season. Where after his freshman season, you had draft nicks all over the place mocking him in round one of this draft. Like there, there was legit talk that he was going to be that guy. So I think he should be consideration here. We, are, I kind of already touched on Robert Hainsey, why I wouldn't want to take him for the Minnesota Vikings just because there are too many guys who can be scheme fits who are at the same level, and I just don't think Hainsey is a guy who can be a scheme fit. Um, obviously, you shouldn't be married to the scheme, but when you have comparable players, take the scheme. Cameron Sample, we talked about him earlier. Guy just came into the Senior Bowl as an injury replacement and just owned everyone that he played against. Um, you, this would be a fun spot to take a running back if you're going to take a running back three just because of the amount of picks that the Minnesota Vikings currently have. Uh, Trey Sermon and Kylan Hill are on the board, and I think everybody knows my, about my love for Kylan Hill, the football player, and just how he's he's going to run the ball and he's going to spank you and he's he's going to talk about it right after he hits you in the mouth. Like, I, I love Kylan Hill. And he, and he showed with the terrible Mike Leach offense at Mississippi State that he could catch the football, which was his biggest question mark. And then, thankfully, he opted out because Leach was just a, just ruining his draft stock. So there's kind of a lot of different ways you can go. I like Jonathan Cooper a lot. He doesn't have the length, but my goodness, is he quick off the football. And it, you give him a couple years with Andre Patterson, he can probably learn to overcome those with really short arms just because he's got that burst and quickness. So that would be a, another fun aspect to go. I know we already took Peyton Turner, but you can never have enough good edge rushers. Just kind of take a look at the previous Super Bowl winners, like especially the 2017 uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They had they were like eight deep. Like That's the main reason why they ended up winning the Super Bowl is just they were able to interchange guys in and out. Uh, Rashad Weaver's another fun one because he, he doesn't have – the most upside in the world coming off a of torn ACL in 2019 last year, he was productive, but you just, you could just tell it wasn't all there from what his 2018 film showed. And maybe he can be a guy who can kind of take it a bigger step because he's fully healed. I don't know, but he's somebody that I would think about in round four. Deshaun, we're taking a look. There's a lot of guys that I kind of mentioned here. What are you seeing? What are you liking? What kind of direction are you thinking that we should go here? So, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Brady Brady Christensen, this is kind of where I like his stock to be as that high upside pass blocker wherever you decide to put him at. Uh, like you guys said, Deontay Smith would be another interesting pick. Uh, running back is, is kind of interesting here, but I think the team really, really likes Alexander, so I think they might do like a – undrafted free agent there. Uh, we got our wide receiver already. We got our safety. Uh, this could be, I think we passed on McGrone earlier, so this could be a place where we look for a linebacking prospect. But I'm not sure if there's anybody there that I will really, yeah, no one there that I could really. And, and I don't mind doubling up on safety at this point. I mean, obviously you have Richie Grant, but you don't, like, like we alluded to earlier, we don't have, depth there i mean we literally had like three safeties last year on roster one was josh metellus and then we had harrison hand as kind of the Mm -hmm. go-between cornerback safety so you know with that prospect of hufunga or whatever from usc who's got a ton of upside maybe you take him and that gives you maybe some flexibility going forward if Mm -hmm. you know i don't assume we're going to see it but if harrison smith just tail dives down in, in productivity and, and skill, you know, and then you have another safety that's highly drafted. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't hate that type of pick here. Sorry, Deshaun, I didn't mean to step on your, your, your take here, but. Yeah, you're good. I think, I think they'll probably try to pursue somebody in free agency like that wise, like Will Parks. I heard they had some kind of interest in, um, I did see a linebacker prospect that I kind of like uh, Charles Snowden. He's a guy that has exceptional length. I think mean, he's like 6'6 or 
and has massively long arms. When I was looking through some of his play snaps, he's like one of those prospects that has 200 plus snaps in coverage, in the box, and on the defensive line. So he is incredibly versatile. He does a little bit of everything, but I just don't know if there's anything that he does exceptionally well. But he is kind of that that jack of all trades kind of guy that could be another chess piece in uh, Mike Zimmer's defense. I think I I, I kind of like the element you're going with Snowden, especially because we're probably going to be looking to replace Anthony Barr down the line. I think another guy we should look at kind of the element of Ryan talking. Hey, we shouldn't really be worrying about double up too much, and I I like that philosophy because right now the Vikings should just be looking at getting good football players, and one of those who tested very well and had a fantastic freshman year at Texas was Caden Stearns. But the problem with Texas, guys, Texas doesn't develop them. And it's so frustrating because they have so much raw talent. And Ryan sees it every year because his Sooners end up playing Texas. Texas just has a bunch of great guys, but they just can't figure it out. They're all athlete and no skill. But Caden Stearns flashed as a freshman. It kind of had that Grant Delpit effect where Delpit's sophomore year was so good. came back for his junior year and just stunk and up on in the second round. Caden Stearns' freshman year was fantastic. Sophomore year was kind of like a dip, like a little bit of a sophomore slump. And he never really kind of picked it back up. But he's he's got that athletic profile that you crave from the safety position. And yeah, he could be a guy that you could develop in, into somebody, especially with Harrison Smith potentially being on the outs. Um, there's a lot Big of different of uh, avenues. Yeah, there's a lot of different avenues you can go here, Dave. We really haven't heard from you in a while. How are you feeling about this? Kind of, what are your thoughts as far as where we're at currently? Well, I was drooling over the offensive tackles, but. Um, <laughs> We're weak on safety, and I have no issue going with safety or corner for that matter. So Stearns, to me, is good. Any qualms about it? Oh, perfect. We got Stearns. All right. And I if think he's, now, if he's uh, there, let's let's go pick up Brady Christensen. That's this Deshaun's boy. I have the same outlook for him that I think he's going to end up becoming a guard in the NFL. Walker Little oozes potential, but we haven't seen it in a couple years, like you had mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. And again, hopefully with Radons and and O'Neal, we're kind of set. And then of course, re-signing Rashad Hill today. Hopefully, we're kind of set at tackle, at least for the time being, um, based on what we've done thus far, where we still do need an interior guy. I don't see Christensen living in the outside unless you're in a power zone scheme where it's you're that you know you're still going to struggle in pass rush, but that athletic limitations isn't going to really hit you in the run game as much. Um, I, I think I like him at uh, left guard or at right guard. I mean, obviously I'll have to learn the, the pass that's on the right side if, if we went that route. But um, I like him as an option as at guard. Well, perfect. Brady Christensen. And Passion. the best part about uh, drafting a guard – or sorry, tackle to play guard is if you need him to play tackle in a pinch, he's already done it. So you know that he'll be at least relatively capable to kind of take over at least for a game. So I, I like that a lot. It's one of the reasons why um, early yeah. on in this process, I liked Alaric Jackson. But then Alaric Jackson had a monstrously bad senior bowl, and oh, I've yeah. been out ever since. All right, one yeah, and I'm big on the I'm big on the offensive tackle to offensive guard in the NFL train. Unless you have, like, a, again, guys that are just rock solid at guard that have you know, right. proven – I like taking those uh, tackles and moving them to guard because they tend to be a little bit more athletic. So you can take advantage of their athleticism in this scheme that maybe they wouldn't naturally fit this scheme at a tackle, but they have enough athleticism probably to get out and move in, in a guard situation. Guard spot. Mm-hmm. And got well, perfect. We've got, we've got one last uh, selection here in this mock draft, and I will say this. Uh, Doogie just tweeted, Vikings are making a push to keep Anthony Harris. So that's something to keep in mind as well. When you kind of take a look at this, we have we got Diami Brown as that kind of uh, quasi three wide receiver. So Seth Williams could be an interesting one. And he's a really tough projection because his quarterback has been Bo Nix. And Bo Nix 
as much as people want him to be it, is just not it. Dalen Hayes had a fantastic senior bowl, uh, the edge out of Notre Dame. Uh, um, I liked his uh, his teammate a little more, um, Ade Ogundeji. Uh, I really liked what he provided at, in the run end uh, pass game with his length and just ability to kind of uh, do a little bit of everything. Uh, it, when he, there's uh, Ellerson Smith, uh, we saw Jonathan Cooper. Like there is a lot of edge dudes, and I think if I'm gonna bang the table on one, and I saw Deshaun's head nod, and I think we're gonna agree. I think it's Jonathan Cooper. That the athleticism that he provides, he doesn't have the length. His arm, he's got like thirty and one half inch arms, and that's gonna be a problem. Sure. But at the same time, if you're quicker than everybody else, and he explodes off the line of scrimmage, like we're talking, like Dave. You remember Wiley Coyote shooting out of a cannon at going after Roadrunner? That's Jonathan Cooper popping off the line of scrimmage. Like he is he is lightning fast. And I think he has enough technique to be able to overcome those short arms, and especially working with an elite defensive line coach like Andre Patterson. I think you'd be able to get the most out of him. Deshaun, it feels like you completely agree. Do you have anything more to add kind of on Jonathan Cooper? I think when you're looking at Cooper, you're looking at a, a situational pass rusher to where the long arm things doesn't affect him as much. I think when you know it's going to be a pass rushing down and you get to, you get to throw all your moves out there, you know, know you're going after the quarterback, I think you can use your kind of make up for that that short arm thing. He does great with the speed, the power move. And I think that that's a good pick for late in the draft to where you're looking for those guys who are going to just fill one role. You're just going to ask him to do one thing. And I think the one thing you ask him to do, he can be really successful. Well, at this position in the draft, you're asking these guys to play special teams as well. Can mm-hmm. you see that as, you know, punt block team? I mean, I, I, the long arms thing might uh, mess him up a little bit with tackling, but I think, you know, the speed and the, I think he could probably maybe make special teams. I, I think if I'm drafting him, I'm drafting him to be that that situational pass rusher. Because uh, Odenabo is, I think, is going to be gone. Especially, I mean, if we're making a push for Anthony Harris, I don't, don't think we're going to have anything left for Odenabo. We did bring back Weatherly, who might now be the starter. So um, you still need those those backup players that can come in at third down, who can give you that change of pace an edge rusher to really surprise these guys on the tackle. There we go. Ryan, any thoughts on Cooper? Yeah, I love him. Like I said, I, I he, he's a dynamic pass rusher. Um, again, he's not going to give you a ton in the run game, but we're not drafting him for that in this spot. So, um, yeah, I like the pick. Perfect. I like Ellis Jonathan Smith Cooper. Too, I, wish you, I wish he was a little bigger, but Ellis is a bit. He's going to be great in uh, outside linebacker, but I wish he was a little thicker to play edge. But, but yeah, John the Cooper is yeah. the guy. Perfect. Here we go. Here we go. Dylan Radins, Richie Grant, Diami Brown, Peyton Turner, Jalen Twyman, Trey Brown, Caden Stearns, Brady Christensen, Jonathan Cooper. Now, if the Vikings ended up with that on draft day, I, I think, Dave, you and I are going to be celebrating on the stream, my friend. Because that, that that's, is. That's nine picks in two days. But that that is that is a wow that is a really good draft class that not only providing depth not and talent but getting great value and filling needs and the fact that this draft was able to accomplish all of those things I think speaks to kind of the strengths of what this draft class offers and kind of how we as a team were able to maneuver around the board and make it work. The fact that we were able to trade down in round one, still get a, a really good offensive lineman, and then get Richie Grant and Jalen Twyman from those other picks, I think makes made a really big difference. And I really like kind of what what this draft provides for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, great draft. I think there's yeah, I think a lot one of talent of the bigger here. Things. Sorry, sorry, oh, Deshaun. Yeah, I just I think I think there's a lot of good yeah, talent good. here. I think there's a lot of good um, players, a lot of potential, um, and we're filling a lot of depth spots. So, good job, team. Yeah. 
I think remaking that uh, defensive line room should be one of the emphasis of this draft. Um, you got guys that probably should go in like Stephen Holmes. So you bring in these new guys, these new guys, and you just completely remake that room. Hopefully, Hunter can stay and be that lead guy. But I think this draft, you bring in some talent, some explosive talent, and create a dominant pass rush. There we go. Well, guys, that is another fantastic Mock Draft Monday. Ryan and Dave, I appreciate you guys being on every week. Sean, thank you for joining this week. I think your your yin and yang analysis with me, I think, really added an element that was missing from the show, and I appreciate it. Uh, We will be back next week, as always, and check out Climbing the Pocket tomorrow as I will release my first official written Mock Draft 1.0. and there is some fun stuff, and the Vikings do recoup a second-round pick in it. So make sure you tune in. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. <laughs>